0: Welcome everybody. We are at the State Policy Network's annual meeting in Chicago and I'm John Hinderocker. Uh, with me is Douglas Carswell. Douglas, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, John.
0: So I want to start with um, how you, as a, as a Brit, uh, native of Great Britain, uh, come to be at the SPN annual meeting as the president of an, of an American <laughs> think tank.
1: Well, you can probably tell from my strong southern accent that I um, haven't been in Mississippi all that long in fact I'm I'm from the UK I'm British I was a member of the British Parliament for 12 years um, and I co-founded Vote Leave the official Brexit campaign and after we achieved Brexit I I moved why did I move
0: and why did you move to Mississippi well
1: first of all I moved to the United States for a very simple reason if you believe as I do that freedom and liberty are the motor of human progress they are to put it like this, um, to use Ronald Reagan's phrase, they are the things that have lifted our species from the swamp to the stars, then there is no other country in the world that compares to the United States. Freedom and liberty are, you know, they define the United States. They're in the DNA. Since uh, America was founded, they've been in the DNA of this uh, amazing country. Um, And I wanted to be part of the liberty movement here, because if liberty goes out. If the lights of liberty go out in Europe then once again the new world will return to revive liberty in the old world. But if the lights of liberty go out in the United States we are all truly doomed. So I wanted to come and do something for the liberty movement here in the United States. Why Mississippi? Well several reasons. Mississippi is the poorest state in America. By pretty much every metric it underperforms the others. And yet it has notionally Republican conservative leadership. I think If we can win the arguments for free markets, for lower taxes, for deregulation, if we can remove the things that have held Mississippi back from being part of the extraordinary southern success story that we see here in the United States, then I think we can demonstrate that freedom and liberty can win anywhere in America. So
0: you are now running a conservative uh, think tank in Mississippi called...
1: The Mississippi Center for Public Policy. It's It's a bit of a mouthful, but we are Mississippi's leading free market advocacy Great.
0: So Douglas, um, I read uh, just a week or two two ago in The Telegraph, which I happen to subscribe to a British newspaper, a piece by you that was so interesting because the point you were making or that you started with is that Mississippi, the poorest state in the United States, is now richer than the United Kingdom. The per capita GDP Mm -hmm. in Mississippi is now higher than that of the United Kingdom. And what kind of a reception, what kind of reaction did well, you get in the
1: UK to I, I wanted to make this point because I think Mississippi is, and we can talk about this later, I think Mississippi is moving in the right direction. Taxes are being cut, deregulation, we're beginning to do all the right things in Mississippi. The UK on the other hand, the home of Adam Smith and Margaret Thatcher, is moving in the wrong direction. And what's happened in 2023 is the key point, it's the moment at which the per capita GDP of the poorest state in the United States, Mississippi, overtakes that of the United Kingdom. It is a really significant moment. And when I came across these statistics, I I wrote an article in the UK, not not to sort of um, flaunt it over them and taunt them, but to make a serious point, which is that if you get public policy right, even you no, today's poor will be tomorrow's rich if you get public policy right. And conversely, today's rich will become tomorrow's poor if you get public policy wrong. Now, I thought I was dealing in a world of straightforward British empiricism. And I was stunned by the vitriolic reaction of my compatriots when I mentioned this. I mean, never since the Soviet Union had declared that, you know, the sanctity of... Tractor production targets. Have I met people who are in full flat denial of reality? (laughs) I was told that I was completely wrong. Experts writing for esteemed publications like the Financial Times went to great lengths to say I was wrong. But I'm afraid to say, much to their annoyance, the facts are absolutely as I say to them. Mississippi's per capita GDP is now higher than that of the UK. Now, some people might say, hang on, you're talking about notional GDP. Actually, what you need to do is this economist's trick of purchasing power parity. Uh, you know, this is to say that you know, when talking about the wealth of a society, you need to figure out how far a dollar is going to go. And by uh, uh, by making this purchasing parity adjustment that economists make, um, surely if you do that, actually, you know, the UK will somehow still be slightly ahead of Mississippi. Again, not so. We looked at the numbers, and actually, if you compare prices, purchasing parity prices in Mississippi, Mississippi is significantly more prosperous now than the United Kingdom. It's a a shocking statistic. Well, I think one of the things that make it shocking is that
0: for a long time, Mississippi has been almost a symbol of backwardness here in the United States and and in Europe. And yet the fact is, as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Mississippi is doing a lot of things right. Per capita GDP in just five years has increased by 25 percent.
1: Uh, be a little cautious about that. I think I'm right in saying those numbers are not inflation adjusted. But even if you adjust for inflation, it is a pretty significant and pretty dramatic growth in um, uh, real incomes in Mississippi and in Mississippi GDP. Now, th- I think the really interesting question to ask is, um, and we can talk about the um, um, you know, the uh, neurosis of the British Commentariat later, but let's talk about um, Mississippi, which is a far more important subject. Why is it that Mississippi is on the right path? Um, I mean, Mississippi has started to do the sorts of things that a free market would advocate for, indeed, as free marketers, we have been advocating for. We have cut the state income tax so that we will shortly be on a flat 4% income tax. That means we're not quite as competitive as our neighbors in Tennessee who are on zero, or Texas on zero, or Florida on zero, but we're we're getting close. We passed, two years ago, um, a universal occupational licensing bill now. To put it really simply, that means we deregulate the labor market. It, It makes it much easier for outsiders to come in And because outsiders can come in and get certification to practice a particular profession, it creates a downward pressure on regulators in Mississippi to make it easier for Mississippians to fill those jobs as well. So to cut a long story short, we've deregulated the labor market, we've cut taxes. And if I can put it this way, Mississippi is beginning to catch up with the southern success story. All around us, we've seen this phenomenal growth in the southern United States. Uh, Texas is now eclipsing Florida as a center of manufacturing and technology. Tennessee, you know, who doesn't want to go and live in Nashville if they're under the age of 30? Florida's booming. Uh, The Carolinas are doing incredibly well. Georgia's doing well. The one state that was really missing out on this Southern success story was Mississippi. By removing the restrictions that were holding Mississippi back, Mississippi is now becoming part of that Southern success story.
0: Another thing that you've done in Mississippi is to reduce the size of government. If yeah. you want to cut taxes, you also got to constrain spending. Yep.
1: And, you know, it is wonderful to move to a part of the world where politicians compete with each other to brag on. By how much they've reduced the size of the government bureaucracy. Um, I think I'm right in saying Alex's latest um, State of the States report showed that um, 10 years ago, for every 10,000 Mississippians, there were 649 public servants. Now there are just over 600 public servants. So it's a significant reduction in 10 years. And as I say, politicians in Mississippi compete with each other to claim credit for reducing the size of the bureaucracy wouldn't it be wonderful if all politicians did that
0: yeah that's for sure so so i want to draw a comparison between your state of mississippi and my state of minnesota through the years, Mississippi has been seen as this kind of downtrodden, benighted, poor uh, state, and, and Minnesota has often been upheld as a prosperous, um, uh, forward-looking uh, state, among other things, with what was considered to be a very good public school system. And Mississippi, of course, over the, over the years has been thought of as having uh, not a good uh, mm-hmm. public education system. And yet, uh, one of the facts that our education policy fellow uh, developed when she was studying various states is that if you look at the performance of black and Hispanic students in Mississippi and compare them to black and Hispanic students in Minnesota, Those students in Mississippi are significantly outperforming their peers in Minnesota in both reading and math, and Mm -hmm. their scores are getting better, while Minnesota's scores are getting worse. Mm and if and and you mentioned that the british intelligentsia was was outraged by <laughs> your comparison to mississippi i can tell you that a lot of people I mean, in minnesota are outraged by that comparison but it's true
1: if you're one of those people that believes that mississippi is inhabited entirely by people who subsist on a diet of you know grits God and guns, then you're going to be slightly horrified to recognize that they're actually doing something better than you. And this explains why many of my British compatriots can't handle the fact that Mississippi is actually doing rather well compared to them. Um, there is an enormous condescension towards Mississippi, but I don't think Mississippians should, you know, um, let, let's, let's, let's not go mad. Let's just fix the problems in our state. Um, there are, I think, when it comes to education, some things that Mississippi is getting right. But let, let's not get carried away. Let's not talk about the Mississippi miracle, but there are nonetheless a number of things that Mississippi has done that are demonstrably proving successful. Number one is, from 2013, a focus on phonics, and you're beginning to see the results. The results speak for themselves. Teaching children using phonics as the default in the public school system is really now starting to deliver good, solid improvements. It's it's not spectacular but it's it 's notable another thing that Mississippi did in two thousand and thirteen is basically insist that any fourth graders who don 't reach a certain standard have to repeat, and by doing that, I think they have you know, done done exactly what you need to do. You create an education system that doesn 't just you know pass students through but actually ensures that when they get to a certain benchmark they attain a certain standard. so this insistence on rigor and phonics has produced some results but but let's not get carried away the truth is that in 2022 two out of three fourth graders in mississippi still couldn't read properly and so there's been progress but it's not nearly the kind of progress that we need to see
0: and it's not limited to mississippi you know currently uh, as our education policy fellow has has revealed 64% of Minnesota 11th graders mm-hmm. can't do math at grade level. 64% can't, I mean, can't, it's extraordinary. Country, and they're all gonna graduate.
1: I mean, this is a country that can put an unmanned drone on the surface of Mars, and yet we have a public school system that can't teach children basic math and reading. I mean, if we ran NASA the way we run our school boards, we would never get liftoff. It's quite shocking. It, it really is. It really is.
0: So I want to circle back now to to the the piece that you wrote about about the GDP in, in Mississippi now surpassing the United Kingdom, and the uh, kind of shocked and outraged reception that it got. Um, what, what do you see in the UK? Do you, do you see some people waking up to the need to to restore free enterprise? I mean, are conservative party is not conservative, that's one of the problems.
1: It it is a tragedy. I mean, we have had 13 years of notionally conservative government, but they have done pretty much everything you would expect a socialist to do. They have raised taxes. The tax burden in Britain is now higher than at any point since the 1950s. Um, Understandably, it was quite high in the 1950s because we had just spent our national wealth on defeating German Nazism, with a little help, I might add, from our friends across the pond. We have regulated in the UK in extraordinary ways. Um, On their own, any one or two regulations doesn't stop growth. But when you take the blizzard of regulation that we've had in the UK together collectively, it acts as a drag on, on, on economic dynamism. And The fundamental economic model in Britain has been to raise taxes, to raise revenue, but to use cheap credit, low interest rates, quantitative easing, to try to engineer growth. And we've now, I think, reached the point where we can no longer use the drug of cheap credit to stimulate growth. And we now see the United Kingdom in a, a very dire economic position. Incidentally, we've, we've done the equivalent of expanding Medicaid to the point where every single Brit, all 65 million Brits, have access to free healthcare. Now you might think this is a wonderful thing, universal Medicaid for all. Do you realize that in a country of 65 million people, there are 7.2 million people today on a waiting list in Britain. And as a consequence of that, despite healthcare being free, people just don't get the healthcare they need. Britain now has worse cancer survival rates than poor people living in the Delta in Mississippi. It is quite shocking.
0: Yeah, and nevertheless where I live, Minnesota, our uh, liberals are trying very hard to bring about the same kind of socialized medicine that hasn't
1: worked anyplace else. They want to emulate a system that is demonstrably failing. But, you know, I'm an optimist. I, I think that the genius of the American system is that you've got 50 different solutions. And so long as you've got 50 different solutions, so long as, you know, Um, Nancy Pelosi's approach to economics and Joe Biden's approach to social welfare can't be applied throughout the United States. You're always going to get states that come along and do things differently, and you can see in that laboratory what works. You have what an economist might call systems competition. So long as the United States has systems competition, it will endure. So long as the United States endures, the rest of the West will always have a model to look to. Eventually, Europe will come to its senses. I I hope that before too long people in the UK look and see what it is that's working across the Atlantic.
0: Well, the competition you talk about is very real and of course America has been sorting itself into blue states and red states. And what we're seeing is people fleeing the blue states and moving into the red states and uh, that pretty much tells you what you need to know about whose policies are successful. If
1: good ideas can't cross state boundaries, tens of thousands of people end up having to cross state boundaries. One of the things I love about coming to the state policy network is I literally wander around and talk to people in other states and I steal their ideas and I think how can I apply this great idea back in Mississippi? We need more of that because if people in some of those unsuccessful states, Illinois, uh, many states in the northeast, states in the West Coast. If they could emulate what they're doing in Texas, in Tennessee, in Florida, and, yep, in Mississippi, if they could take those ideas and apply them in some of those failing states in the Northeast, some in the Midwest, and on the West Coast, I think that would be of great advantage to, to you know, people who, who shouldn't have to up sticks and move and start over again in Texas or Tennessee.
0: Well, let's hope that before long the voters in those states demand it. Uh, red states across America are doing very well, and it's great to see Mississippi now among that number. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you for joining.